0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you, and cast out your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation woe to you that are full now for you shall hunger woe to you that laugh now for you shall mourn and weep woe to you when all men speak well of you for so their fathers did to the false prophets the gospel of the lord So yesterday we saw how the Lord, when he is building this foundation and laying the foundation stones of his church, as he calls to himself his apostles, we noted how he kind of goes up the high mountain in order to do this. And also here, for when he gives the beatitudes, he is also up on the mountain. And so when he is dealing with these high things, he even goes to a place which naturally points us to higher things. He goes up to the top of the mountain and he seats himself there when he is going to speak these beatitudes. He goes up and he takes what, even from a natural perspective, seems to be the rightful seat of the one who unites heaven and earth, the one who is that mediator between heaven and earth. He goes up to this pinnacle of the mountain. It says in Matthew's account, and he sits down. This is the position, especially in that time, of a teacher, someone who is going to instruct. It is the reason for why in certain places still the custom for the bishop to preach when he preaches is that he preaches seated. It is from this position of authority that the Lord then speaks and in this location of being up in the heights that he gives this wonderful new law. He is also taking up to himself as he becomes, in a very real sense, the new Moses. The Moses who went up into the mountains and received the commandments of God, commandments that were written in stone. But this is the Lord himself now. This is not God speaking to his people through someone else. This is God speaking to his people. In Matthew's account, it also says, And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. He seems to drag out this wonderful mystery in one sentence. He op- I mean, things that we would appear or would seem to be obvious. Obviously, if he's going to speak to them, he's going to open his mouth and teach them by speaking, by saying. But Matthew seems to be caught up in the wonder of this mystery that God himself is sitting in their midst, that he is opening his mouth, and that he is teaching by speaking to them directly. He no longer needs to write his law into tablets of stone. He is going to write the law of his heart into their hearts by his word. He is going to inscribe the laws of the kingdom into their hearts. And so as the Lord is there seated in this position, he lifts up his eyes on his disciples. In Matthew's account it says he also sees the multitude He sees the multitude, but he addresses the individuals. The Lord never addresses a multitude or a mob as a mob, or as simply a multitude. All of these anonymous individuals, the Lord knows each. He knows and loves each individually, and he speaks to each individually even when he is addressing a multitude. The problem that can sometimes happen Is that around things that are interesting or things that are important, it can collect a multitude of people. But what can happen then is that the people who then follow after are simply joining because there is a multitude and a crowd. Something has become popular. And so the Lord, in order to avoid this, He never wants to gather people to Himself simply because of popularity's sake. He goes immediately to the essence of the gospel. He lifts up his eyes on his disciples and addresses them individually, each of them. He's speaking because he wants to write this law into each of their hearts. Blessed are you poor. What a way to start. What a way to start. In order to make the kingdom of God appealing, what way would we have done that? How would we have tried to sell the kingdom of God to people? And what he does seems to be the opposite. He seems to be trying to put people off even though he's not. But he is simply showing something that he himself also lives as God is present in our midst, in his poverty, in his hunger, in his mourning, in all of the ways in which he now invites us into his life. But he begins by saying, blessed. This sometimes gets very badly translated as happy. (laughs) Happy are you. It is not This word for blessed is a reference to a state, a state blessed, to be highly fortunate. It is a pointing forward to the goal of the Christian life which is our blessedness with God, our fortunate state of being with God and intimately united to Him. And so he begins not only by pointing out the final goal but also by what the path to that goal looks like. And it is the cross. And so he both encourages his disciples with that one word, blessed, but he also is not trying to trap them or trick them. He is making them fully aware of what it is to follow him in this life. Unlike the devil who tempts and tricks and manipulates, the Lord lays everything bare. This is what it is to follow me. This is the new law. This is what it means to live a life that is blessed on earth. As we see in the first reading, and let those who mourn be as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the form of this world is passing away. What the Lord is saying to his disciples as well in this gospel is pointing out this reality. We are simply pilgrims in this life. If we begin searching for final happiness here, we will miss out on final happiness for eternity. But if we look at conforming ourselves to Christ in this life, then the blessedness begins even now. We participate in that blessedness even now. The way in which these disciples are present to the Lord and have his law written upon their hearts, this type of experience, lastly, is open to us. We come here and the Lord sits in his position of authority. He is present to us and we all gather to him. He doesn't simply see us as a crowd. He sees each individual that sits in his presence. And the same word which was able to write the law of the kingdom into the hearts of his disciples is able to write itself into our own heart and transform us. And so as we come and we sit in the presence of the Lord in the blessed sacrament and allow his words and the scriptures to transform us, we enter into this experience of blessedness even now. As we unite ourselves to the one who suffered for us, who died for us, we also then by being in his presence, by listening to his words, are also transformed by him and by his power. Amen.